Hey guys, Small Line on the Outside is a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. So if you've ever gone into our past, into our history, into our archives, if you will, you've noticed all the different TV shows that we talk about. So we've talked a lot about Doctor Who, about Sherlock, but we've also talked about 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, and now Smallville. And guess what? I have a plan for the future. I'm not going to tell you about it, though, because I want to keep it a surprise. You'll just have to wait and see. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, because the next show we talk about might be your favorite. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Smallville podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I'll be the hero with you today, and while I normally have a co-host with me, this season is a one-man show, as we're covering Smallville. Last week, we took a look at the sometimes filler, but very memorable first season of the show, and this week, we're looking at season two, which tries very hard and often succeeds at introducing really important episodes. Even with the Freak of the Week format still in effect, there's often a side story happening at the same time that will be focused on in multiple episodes. We'll talk about the main storyline Season 2 focuses on in a minute, but first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Take it away, me. Just as the previous season did, and honestly what any show should do, the second season of Smallville had quite a few character arcs that kept the show afloat, even if an episode was boring. There was something in there that you needed to see, which meant that there wasn't any completely filler episodes. The first season had three fully filler episodes, the first being only three episodes in, and plenty of mostly filler episodes as well. While there were a very small number of episodes in the second season that were mostly filler, every episode did have something important happening in the background, at the very least which makes it an extremely strong and solid season, especially for this show. Before we start talking about the episodes this season, let's take a look at all of the main character arcs focused on in this season. The first one's Clark Kent. In this season, Clark has a more specific arc than seen previously, as Clark has this seasonal journey to discover a little bit more about his roots. What aids him on this journey is a new power, heat vision, the discovery of some underground Kawachi caves that show Kryptonian symbols and holds the secret to his future, his ship, which comes alive a few times throughout the season, and Christopher Reeve himself as Dr. Virgil Swan, a genius who was the first to decipher the alien language and help Clark learn his true name and what he is destined for, to be a god among men. Clark, of course, takes this to mean he was sent to Earth to conquer. Other than this, we also have the continued series uh, substory of trying to get with Lana, who he's obsessing over. The season ends with the two finally going steady. That is until he breaks her heart for the upteenth time and leaves Smallville for Metropolis while under the influence of Red Kryptonite. We have Lex Luthor. Lex has uh, as much important episodes as Clark, which is about 12 episodes. And while some of these stories overlap, like Lex has his own interest in the Kawachi Caves. His primary storyline was based around Dr. Helen Bryce, who is a doctor that he falls in love with and eventually marries. 
and uh, through the trials and tribulations of traditional relationships certainly befalls them. Lex often balances what he considers right and wrong in the relationship and consistently lets her down as if she was Lana and he was Clark. But surprisingly, he ends up doing right by her by revealing himself honestly. He reveals to her that he has a secret room in his mansion for his uh, obsessions on the camp family and that he stole Clark's blood from her lab, though he doesn't know it was Clark's. This, of course, proves to be super romantic, and the two of them are married by the finale, naturally. Not all is well, though, because on their honeymoon flight, Lex wakes up to an empty airplane after assumably being drugged, probably by Helen. The next story is Lionel Luther. Lionel Luther uh, turns out to be a main character this season instead of just being a special guest star, uh, which he was the first season. In season two, we learn that the events that occurred in the first season's finale has rendered him completely blind, making him insist on moving to Smallville so presumably Lex would take care of him. Now, while blind, Lionel is in need of a special assistant to help him out with his daily routines, and after numerous people fail to meet his expectations, he's lured in by the honesty and integrity of Martha Kent, who he eventually hires. Now, throughout the season, we slowly learn that Lionel has a fascination with the Kent, especially with Clark, as he has a vault full of kryptonite bars, a file on Clark, and even has his, had his hand on the octagonal key at one point, which is ultimately what makes Martha decide to stop working for him. It is uh, shortly after this time that we learn that, at least for a short while, Lionel was actually faking his blindness and calls Clark a very, quote-unquote, special boy. So that character arc spans over several episodes, uh, but it's only, for the most part, in the first half of the season. The second half of the season introduces a new character arc for him, and that's working with Chloe. Lionel helps her get a weekly column in the Daily Bugle in exchange for information on Clark, which she declines at first, but eventually agrees to work with Lionel out of spite and hatred towards Clark when she learns about his and Lana's relationship. And as short of a mini-story as this is, it's actually remarkably memorable due to the interesting dynamic that Chloe and Lionel bring to the table. Lana Lang. Her character arc. Surprisingly enough, this entire season seems to revolve around Lana. By far, she had the most important episodes and most character arcs out of everybody. Out of 23 total episodes in season 2, 20 of them had at least something going on in the episode that had to do with one of her arcs. Her main arc is arguably the one with Henry Small. Six episodes were devoted to her search for her biological father, who turns out isn't dead. His name is Henry Small, and he has some issues with his wife. So this short-lived character arc ends when Lana told him to pay more attention to his wife because he was about to get a divorce if not. There's a short character arc that closed the chapter on her relationship with Whitney Fordman, who apparently has now died at war, a short arc on Lana and Chloe's friendship, which when Nell moved to Metropolis ended with Lana and Chloe as roommates, and another six episodes devoted specifically to Lana and Clark, the, you know, will they's and won't they's and all that fun stuff that we all love and cherish and grow tired of in a few years' time. Um, mm. With Chloe, uh, whether you're not a f 
whether or not you're a fan of Chloe is completely irrelevant because I've heard both arguments and they both make at least some kind of sense. This season, she does have a pretty weak character arc. It got stronger towards the end when she eventually agrees to work with Lionel Luther to investigate Clark, but throughout the entire season, it was all about how depressed she was when the one shot she had to be with Clark in the first season was now blown, and basically he's the one that got away. And she has a tough time handling that, and I get it. I've been a fan of Chloe, uh, and I find her to be a very relatable underdog that is highly ignored. So she's basically... What she does is because of the things she goes through, and it's not always her own fault, but she doesn't always come across as a strong character because of it. Uh, So from a writing perspective, she played very little importance in the season as a whole. Pete. When it comes down to dear old Pete, he once again is underdeveloped and underused, but there's a few hints here and there for things to come. His main arc comes down to, in general, being a good sidekick to Clark once he learned Clark's secret. This, of course, is tested time and time again, which causes strain on his friendship with Clark. This is hinted at in the episode Rush, where he and Pete are under the influence of the parasite. Pete betrays Clark a few times because his subconscious doesn't exactly place as much importance on Clark's secret as, say, uh, the Kents do. Now, when it comes down to the Kents, Jonathan and Martha are so entwined at all times that one person's character arc is often the same as the others. In this case, we have a semi-important arc centered around Martha. When the ship began to levitate at the end of the first season, it apparently healed her to the point of being able to bear children when she couldn't before. So, she wound up pregnant, something they alluded to early on and then admitted to in the second half of the series season. Sorry, This ended when Clark blew up his ship to stop his ascension, so to speak. The explosion sent the Kents flying in their truck. Martha's okay, but the baby didn't make it. So, along with Lana and Chloe, Clark's parents aren't exactly a fan of him. That's about it for primary character arcs revisited multiple times throughout the season. I didn't mention the whole Lucas Luthor storyline, but as interesting as that was, it felt filler since it was mostly ignored before and after it happened. As for everything else, well, those are storylines that move into the next season. Things like the introduction of Jarrell, Naman and Sagith, and the unforgettable Christopher Reeve as Dr. Virgil Swan. Apart from the season in question storylines, there were also a handful of what I like to call series landmark episodes. These are the episodes where something happens that affects the entire series as a whole. There are eight landmark episodes in total from what I could gather. Let's take a look. While the first episode of the season was explosive and exciting, it wasn't a landmark episode. It basically just continued where the finale left off, which made it a continuation. The first real landmark episode came to the second episode, Heat, which of course is the episode where Clark first learns about his heat vision. Of course, being Smallville, they like their double meaning words. Heat revolved around a hot day with a hot teacher that evolved into hot vision or heat vision. The way they utilize heat in Smallville isn't exactly perfect, but it actually looks like heat, physical heat. No more laser beam eyes, instead you see the rippling of the heat that is hot enough to burn anything. It's creative and I like it. The visuals have aged a bit, but they aren't that bad. After this episode, Clark repeatedly uses this power to save the day, and he will continue to do such until the end of the series and beyond. The second landmark episode in season was the very next episode called Duplicity which made 
What made this a landmark episode was the moment Pete found out about Clark's secret. This changes things again for the rest of the series, or as long as Pete is around. The same episode also had a good old blind Lionel Luther discovering Clark's, uh, you know, ship. Really jump-starting his fascination into the Kens and everything that revolved around the town of Smallville. Once again, the episode directly after this was Red, which turns out to be yet another landmark episode. This episode introduced the viewer to Red Kryptonite for the very first time, so every time that there's a new Kryptonite introduced, we have a landmark episode because every version of Kryptonite is used several times throughout the series. Uh, six episodes later, we have Skinwalker, which is a massively important landmark episode as it introduced a new location to the show, a new and very important location, the Kawachi Caves, which house a number of Kryptonian symbols on the wall as well as a slot in the wall for the ship's octagonal key. It also introduced the fable of Namana Sagith as well as the heart of the ship, which is what appears to be another key for the ship that Jonathan was keeping out of Clark's hands for a while. Seven more episodes later, we have Rosetta, which is the episode that stars Christopher Reeve as Virgil Swan, who is a key player in helping Clark unlock the secrets to his past, including telling him his real name, Kalel, his home is Krypton, and that it no longer exists. Clark continues to work with Swan in email format and meeting face-to-face later on in the show. The two-part finale, Calling and Exodus, are the next two landmark episodes as a whole as they introduce Jor-El, for the most part. He reveals who he is in Exodus, but you hear his voice in the first part a few times as well. Jor-El will basically be a main character in seasons to come and plays a vital role in the outcome of each season and the series as a whole, and I've always loved that Terrence Stamp, who played General Zod in the original Christopher Reeve Superman series, agreed to voice this role. So those are the... main character arcs as well as the uh, landmark episodes but let's quickly take a look at each episode in the season the first episode of season two is called vortex i call this one the one that continues tempest as this was a continued story from the first episode uh, it basically has Re- Clark rescuing Lana from the tornado. She thinks he's super, though they kind of ignore this plot line throughout the series, so I didn't include it with her storylines. Um, but that's about it for the most part. The second episode of season two is called Heat. I call this one the one with the intro to Heat Vision. I covered this already with the landmark episodes. Uh, it's the one where he gets Heat Vision. Um, and that's basically it for this one. As far as important things that happen in the episode, Heat Vision, obviously. Uh, we have Chloe's depression over Clark, which happens multiple times throughout the season. Uh, a little bit of what's going on with Lana and Whitney, because Lana breaks up with Whitney over video message in this episode. Uh, anything that's memorable in this episode is pretty much anytime Clark uses Heat Vision, but specifically when he melts a bullet in super speed. Uh, with his heat vision to save the day. Uh, a couple of interesting things to point out in this episode. Chloe mentions she met a really hot intern while she was interning at the Daily Bugle. We later find out that this is Jimmy Olsen. Uh, and this specific ability is very similar to Hug in the first season, convincing anybody to do your will. In Hug, it was a handshake. and Heat, it was with pheromones. 
The third episode of season two is called Duplicity. I also talked about this in the important episodes. I call this one the one where Pete discovers Clark's secret. Uh, the important things that happen in this, obviously, Pete finds uh, Clark's spaceship, learns about his secret, but also Dr. Hamilton gets Clark's ship from Pete's garage and shows it to Lionel. Uh, other than that, we have Lex ending his bit business partnership with Dr. Hamilton, so that's ending a storyline that started in the first season. Uh, and the start of the whole Nell marriage thing that ends with Lana rooming up with Chloe. Uh, for the most part, that's what happened in this episode. There's nothing specific that was memorable in it. Nothing that's really that interesting other than the general idea of Pete learning Clark's secret. Uh, but yeah, that's duplicity. The fourth episode of season two is called Red. I also talked about this in the landmark episodes. Uh, I call it the one with the red kryptonite class rings. It's the first episode with the red kryptonite. Uh, so uh, that's actually an interesting concept there. How they deal with the red kryptonite. How it affects his personality. Um, that's always fun. Another uh, One interesting thing to note. This is where Clark and Lionel meet and interact for the first time. Uh, and he also uses his nickname Cal as his alter ego. Um, I don't think he uses that at this point, though. I think that's not until Season 3, so I don't know why I wrote that. Um, a couple of interesting things. We are continuing Lionel's story in Smallville about being blind. It's also him meeting Clark, who actually shoots himself in his hand right in front of Lionel, but him being blind has no idea, though we later know that he collected those uh, bullets that he shot. We also have Lana's suspicions about Clark and saving her in the tornado, but I think that's where it ends at this point. Because I guess she just she's not Chloe. She doesn't dig into her her fascinations or her whatever. She just thinks that Clark saved her, and he's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, okay, whatever. The fifth episode is called Noxgern. I call this one the one with the secret admiring monster. Uh, this episode was, I think, not that important, uh, but it does have something that is important that happens, and that's Lionel's story, and we are introduced to when Martha starts working for him as his assistant. So, that's the main thing that happens here. It's a mostly forgettable episode. Uh, you might remember it more so for the monster than the whole Martha being the assistant thing, uh, because... It's this kid who's being locked in his parents' basement, uh, and everybody thinks they're abusing him, but it turns out they're trying to keep him safe because anytime he goes out into the sunlight, he becomes the monster from Split. Uh, but that's about it for Nocturn. Let's talk about the sixth episode. Episode six called Redux. I call this one the one with the youth sucker. Uh, it stars uh, Maggie Lawson. You know her from Psych. And she's sucking the life out of all the teenage boys in the show. Uh, this is kind of like with the, the one with um, What's-Her-Face from Man of Steel, who plays Lois Lane. Amy Adams. Amy Adams sucked the fat out of people. This girl sucks the life out of people, or the youth out of people. Uh, it's not the most important episode in the world, but there's a couple of interesting things to note. When she eventually dies at the end of the episode, she watches her reflection in a spinning mirror as it deteriorates. It's a very memorable shot. It's also interesting to note that it's very similar to how the effect is of the Phantom Zone with the spinning 
glass where you see somebody's face in. It's very similar to that. Um, we also have Lana's story. It evolves here when she finds the photo of Henry Small with her mother uh, taken in a romantic setting, which starts her on her journey to find her biological father. We also meet Principal Reynolds for the first time in this episode. But other than that, it's a pretty typical Freak of the Week episode. Kind of forgettable, other than the whole Henry Small thing. Lineage is the seventh episode of the season, and I almost put it in as a landmark episode because it is a pretty, pretty important episode. But it doesn't mark any kind of importance that is more or less later visited on in later seasons. It extends the pilot episode. It goes back to that. It has the actors who played Young Clark and Young Lex again, as well as what happened after that, which explains the adoption uh, theory that went along with Clark. Uh, basically, a, a mysterious woman shows up at the Kent farm saying that she's Clark's biological mother, which of course cannot be true. So I call this one the one that expands the pilot episode and answers a few questions. So, we are introduced to the idea of Lucas Luther in this episode. We expand upon the Clark and Chloe adoption thing that was introduced in the first season. We, uh, we find out what happens with the b- bad bloods with the Luthers and Kens, what, what happened back then that caused all this hassle. We extend upon the Lana and Henry Small situation, and we get a little bit of a hint for Chloe because she says she knows what happened to her mom. Uh, we find out what happened to her mom in later seasons, but this was just hinted at in this episode. But it's a very interesting, very memorable episode that expanded on that pilot episode. It's a fun episode. Uh, and if you're wondering what happens between uh, Clark's dad and Lex's dad, then I, I suggest you watch the movie, but it, or movie, the show. But it has something to do with Lionel making a deal with Jonathan um, that first started out in kind, but is something that Lionel comes back with, with, uh, you know blackmail and everything you know how the luthers go but uh very interesting very cool episode but i wouldn't necessarily call it landmark but it's almost one almost a landmark episode next episode after that is called ryan it uh, it's the next episode um that features the mind reading kid named ryan he was in the first season he's a fan favorite it's cool to see him in another episode it's a little bit sad because he doesn't really make it by the end of the episode because they're doing so many mind control things on him trying to test him trying to do whatever that it like fatally affected him so i call this the one where ryan comes back the important things in this episode uh lana ends up rooming with chloe in order to stay in smallville because she was essentially gonna move to metropolis with with nell because nell was getting married and moving to metropolis so to stay in smallville she roommates with chloe And we also find out that Martha has a secret. Remember, Ryan can read minds. He found out that Martha is holding a secret. It isn't told to us in this episode, but we later find out that this is the whole Martha is pregnant secret. But otherwise, it's a mostly filler episode. Uh, Little hints here and there to important things and a fan favorite that came back. But that's about it for the eighth episode. 
Skinwalker is the 10th episode of Season 2, and it's one of the landmark episodes. I call it the one that introduced the caves, which, of course, is exactly what happens. It's a highly, uh, highly, highly important episode. We have the introduction to the caves. We have the introduction to Naman and Sagith. We have the introduction to the heart of the ship. We have more of the Martha Lionel business partnership. We have more of the Lana and Henry Small situation. We have more of what's going on with Lana and Whitney, and even even some with Lex's uh, interest in the caves as well. There's a lot going on in this episode. Uh, one of the interesting things to note in this is that there is one of those octog- octagonal uh, shapes in the wall for the caves for the ship's key. Uh, very, very important episode. I wouldn't say it's that memorable, though. It is important, but I've never really cared that much for the Skinwalkers, the situation with the actual uh, Native Americans that are surrounding the area. So, I mean, it's fine and everything, but it it's, it's just important. That's all I will say about this episode. Visage? Visage? I'm not entirely sure how you say this. Is the 11th episode of the second season. I call it the one with Whitney's doppelganger. Whitney Fortman comes back in the show, but it's not actually Whitney. It's actually Lizzie Kaplan again. Uh, So she's taking over Whitney Fortman in order to get close to Lana again. So it's kind of like a sequel to that first episode with her in the the show. Um, It's... That's about it. As far as important things that happen, we have pretty much the final, you know, the closure for Lana and Whitney, her story. We have more of the Lex and Helen Bryce story. Uh, We see the first time the ship actually comes alive in this episode. And uh, because that's when the ship um, makes the Lana's kryptonite necklace become clear. It's the first time that that happens when uh, kryptonite is turned clear. And we have a little bit more of Clark's investigation into the caves. Uh, The one memorable thing that actually happens in this episode is when uh, Lizzie Kaplan's character turns into Clark, and there's this entire Clark versus Clark scene. I read that the uh, there was initially going to be a very long, 20-minute long cut of Clark versus Clark. But I guess they have their ability to do that later when Bizarro is introduced in the show. Uh, but otherwise, it's an okay episode, once again. Uh, just a just a fun little episode. Insurgents is the 12th episode of the second season. I call it the one with the Luther Corp heist. Um, we have pretty much the last time we are introduced to Martha and Lionel and their professional relationship, because you find out about what he's been hiding from her and that he has a vault of kryptonite a file of clark and the ship's key in his possession and we see a little bit more of lana and henry small situation the one memorable moment in the episode is when clark leaps tall buildings in a single bound for the first time so super leap um a couple of interesting things pete and chloe don't show up in this episode and i initially thought that chloe was in every episode of smallville from beginning to end but i guess that's not true uh, and, uh, has the character Maggie Sawyer in the show, in this episode? Uh, that's the first DC Comics character to appear in the show. Maggie Sawyer is also seen in, uh, one of the seasons of Supergirl. 
The 13th episode of season 2 is called Suspect, and I call this one the one with the whodunit. Jonathan's basically uh, arrested for attempted murder because Lionel was shot a couple times, and throughout the episode, you're trying to figure out who did it because apparently everybody has a motive to kill Lionel because everybody hates Lionel. That's basically the idea of the episode. Um, For the most part, it's a very, very non-interesting non-important episode except for the fact that it continues the Lana and Henry Small relationship and that's basically it. There's nothing that's that memorable that happens in the episode uh, or interesting. I mean the whole idea of the way that it was made is slightly interesting I guess making it a whodunit instead and the actual killer is might be somebody that will surprise you because it's out of character for them to be a murderer. Um, but otherwise, it's it's a fun episode, uh, but also quite forgettable at the same time. Rush. Rush is the uh, 14th episode of this season. And I call this one the one with the parasite. So uh, remember Nicodemus? The one with the flower that affected people and made him act really strangely? Well, the same thing happens here. Okay, so instead of being a flower, it's a parasite, and it affects Pete and Chloe, and they start getting these uh, adrenaline rushes, and they want to do everything because they think they can't die. They think they're invulnerable. They think they're basically Superman, Uh, and Pete gives uh, Clark red kryptonite. So this is the second episode with red kryptonite in order for Clark to act cool to be in with the cool gang, and uh, so Clark and Chloe are making out, and they're all just doing dangerous things. This breaks Lana's heart for the upteenth time, and and all these fun little things that happen. In general, I find this to be a memorable episode, but no reason specifically. No, no specific scene or sequence is that memorable. It's just the concept alone. Uh, the important things that happen in this episode. Uh, we have a little bit more about Pete and Clark's secret. Like I said before about uh, the the hinting at maybe he shouldn't know the secret. Maybe it wasn't the best idea to tell him in the first place. We also have furthering Chloe's depression about Clark and the, the fact that they're not together. We have Clark in the caves. We have Lex in the caves. And we also have Dr. Walden. He's showing up now. Uh, so lots of important things are actually happening in this episode. Not to the point where it's... You, you can't miss the episode, uh, but it would be a shame if you didn't because it's a fun episode, it's a memorable episode, and there are important things happening in the episode. Um, but yeah, that's that episode. Episode 15 is next. That one's called Prodig- Prod- Prod- Prodigal? Prodigal. Prodigal. And the Prodigal, whatever, son. That You know the word. I call this one the one with the lost Luther. This uh, this comes down to the vampire actor from Vampire Diaries, not uh, not the one that shows up later in the show, but the other one. He is playing Lucas Luther, and it's kind of a gimmicky episode because Lex finds his brother and he wants to use him to help overthrow Lionel in the business. This is one of the few storylines I didn't keep track of in the in the season because it's kind of boring. The whole Lionel. Uh, versus Lex and who should own a majority of the Lex Corp, Luther Corp stock. It, it, it's a boring thing and I didn't really care for it for the most part. 
And what that's basically the entire episode, and they didn't even realize that Lucas is a little bit of a sociopath, but of course, he's a Luther. Um, so as far as important things that happened in the episode, Lucas Luther, um, furthering Clark and Lana, uh, and the importance of Lionel, Lionel's blindness. This is the episode when you find out that he's been faking it for a short while. Uh, other than that, yeah, nothing that's supremely memorable about the episode. Uh, the only thing that was interesting was the actor who played Lucas, because uh, he's from Vampire Diaries and all that fun stuff. Otherwise, this is uh, kind of... I mean, it's important, but it is a forgettable episode. Next episode is Fever. Fever. I call this one the one with Chloe's love letter, and I find that memorable because of the love letter. I don't care if you like her or not, you know, I think it is a memorable episode because of the love letter, and I think the writers of the show thought so too, otherwise they wouldn't have brought the love letter back uh, several seasons later, maybe it's even season 10, I'm not sure, but they kept it around uh, to talk about later in the show. Um, this is the episode with the spores that gets Martha sick and gets Clark sick. And this is the episode in this season where he kind of loses his powers. I swear to God, he loses his powers in every season. Uh, and this is the reason why, because he got sick. Um, we have a few different things happening in the episode as far as importance goes. More of the Chloe and her depression over Clark. Uh, the second time the ship comes alive in this episode, and that's to heal Martha and Clark. Uh, we have Lex and Helen Bryce. And we, do, we find out that Helen does some blood work on Clark when he gets sick. I don't even remember. I, have, I don't remember at all Helen Bryce learning Clark's secret, or at least a part of it, the blood work being inhuman or whatever. I don't even remember that part, but it, it is important. So we have a furthering of Martha's pregnancy and a little bit more of the whole Clark and Lana thing. Um, overall, I do find this to be a memorable episode, but that's mostly because of the love letter. Some people are a fan, some people aren't. It is what it is, though. Rosetta is the next episode. It's episode 17. This is one of the landmark episodes. It's the one that introduced Christopher Reeve, so that's basically what I call it, the one with Christopher Reeve. And it is it's one of the extremely, extremely important episodes. But unlike Skinwalker, it's also very memorable because of Christopher Walken, but also because there's all these new ideas being thrown at us uh, that we haven't seen before. So, intro to Dr. Swan, ability to read Kryptonian text for the first time ever, learning his name is Kal-El, technically learning the name Krypton and where it's located, or lo was located until it blew up. We have more of the Clark and Cave's fascination. We have more Lex and Cave fascination, continuing business partnership with Dr. Walden, and continuing the whole Lana and Chloe being roommates situation. There's a lot of important things going on in this episode, and uh, it's hard to forget, especially the very beginning. The very beginning, we have Clark flying to put the key, the octagonal key, in the cave's wall. This, is, of course, is a dream. But Clark does wake up in the very beginning of the episode in the middle of the street. And the idea is maybe he did fly. Maybe he did fly to the caves and flew out and 
then woke up in the middle of the street. We don't know because it never really expanded upon that. Uh, but it's definitely interesting. It would be the second time uh, Clark would have flown in his dreams. Uh, Clark also burns the Kryptonian symbol on the side of his barn. And Chloe's the first to see the symbol, takes a picture of it and everything. So, definitely interesting. Another interesting factoid about this episode is you can hear John Williams' score in the background. And I gotta tell you, John Williams' score fits so well in Smallville that I wish they adapted it more in the show, ultimately. They use it here and there, and every time they do, it sounds amazing. 18th episode, called Visitor, is probably one of the most forgettable episodes of the season, though it does hold importance. Uh, I call this one the one with the mistaken Kryptonian. It's about this kid who thinks he's a Kryptonian. He thinks he's an alien that came in the uh, meteor shower in 89. And uh, Clark goes back and forth from believing him and not believing him, but that's not important. What's important in this episode is the furthering Lex and Helen Bryce story. And the reason why this is important in this episode is that he has that locked room in the mansion that's filled with his obsessions like Clark, the octagonal key, and the Kents in general, which is hugely, hugely important for his character, for the season, for the series, and everything, which makes it pretty important. Even though this episode is mostly filler, that's a very, very vital part that happens in the show. Uh, we have a little bit of Martha's pregnancy woes, and, and that's about it. The memorable part in this episode was Lex's secret room, but that's about it for the episode. Recipe is the 19th episode of the second season, and I call it the one with the crazy ex and fake injuries. It's not that memorable of an episode overall. I remember watching it because I've seen the episode five times now. Uh, but if this was my second time viewing, I probably wouldn't have remembered it all that well. We have a couple of things that is important, um, and that's Lex proposing to Helen Bryce, so we have further their story. And we also see Lana starting to learn her martial arts, and she obviously she knows how to fight by the end of just one episode, because that's all martial, par mar martial arts are. Uh, but the episode as a whole, with the whole uh, Clark getting sued for hurting a boy, and that was out of character for him to just go after somebody like that, and then um, the whole abusive relationship that Helen Bryce was in originally, that is really, really, uh, both of them are forgettable stories. The only thing that was memorable was Lana fighting martial arts and Lex proposing to Helen. That's it for the episode, which makes this a mostly filler episode. The 20th episode is called Witness, and this features the other son from Home Improvement, played by uh, Eric Marsh. So I call this the one with Eric Marsh. Uh, this feels a lot like a first season Freak of the Week episode. The only thing that you should notice is Chloe has depression over Clark again uh, throughout the season, really. So this is just another episode with that. And this is the final episode with Lana and Henry Small. And that's extremely important for her storyline specifically. So it's hard to miss this one because of that. Though the whole, you know, the whole story with the Freak of the Week with Eric Marsh is quite forgettable. 
Alright, so episode 21 of season 2 is called Accelerate. I call this one the one with the clone ghost. Or maybe the one with the ghost clone, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Lana thinks she's being haunted by the ghost of one of her friends uh, when she was a child who died a long time ago. So, But it's not actually the case. It turns out to be a clone, a, a Luther Corp clone. Uh, I, I can't even remember why it was made. Maybe just to see if they could do it. I'm not sure. But she has the ability to super speed, which helps one of the memorable scenes in the uh, in the show, uh, where Clark and Pete are in a cemetery in the rain, and Clark stops time, or at least slows it down, and he runs through slowly dropping rain droplets, uh, which causes is one of the more memorable visual effects in the show as well as scenes the important things that happen in this episode it has cl- the extension of chloe's depression over clark falling in love with lana clark and lana obviously and a little bit more of martha's pregnancy other than that not the most memorable episode but i i gotta i i do remember this a lot more than say uh what precipice or witness i don't know this 22nd episode of Smallville Season 2 is called Calling, and this is a two-parter, so both t- episode 22 and episode 23 uh, are basically the same story. So 22 is called Calling, 23 is called Exodus. Uh, I both call these landmark episodes. I already explained why, but here's a few different things. I call Calling the one with the voices. I call it the one with the voices because Clark keeps on hearing the voice of Jarell in his head. We don't find out it's Jarell until Exodus, but I digress. The important things that happen in this episode comes down to Clark and Lana's relationship, uh, which they kind of start dating at this point. Chloe's depression over that fact. We hear Jarell's voice for the first time, but um, he's been in throughout the season with the ship coming to life. Every time the ship came to life, it was Jarrell doing something. Now Jarrell's back, and now he has a voice. Uh, we have more of the Lex and Helen Bryce story. We have Lex and his investigation into the caves, and we have the beginning of Lionel and Chloe's relationship. Um, there's not a lot that's actually memorable about this episode in particular, except for the very last scene with uh, the voice calling out to Clark as he walks into the storm cellar. Um, Exodus is the last episode of the season. It's called The One Where Everyone, including Clark, hates Clark because of what he does. He blows up the ship with a kryptonite key. Where did he get the kryptonite key, you ask? Well, Lionel created a kryptonite key in order to put into the wall of the caves. Now I'm wondering what would have happened if he put that kryptonite key into the cave wall. If this is what happened with the ship, what would have happened in the wall? I'm not entirely sure. Because we don't even know what will happen fully about the the key in, into the walls anyways. Anyways, literally everything that could be important is important in this episode. It's a culmination of everything before it. We have Jarrell. We have Lex and Helen Bryce. We have Lex and the caves. We have Clark and the caves. We have Clark and Lana, obviously. We have Chloe's depression over that. We have Lionel and Chloe again. We have the burned symbol in Clark's chest, which shows up in later seasons, and we have the final thing that goes on with Martha's pregnancy. It is the most important episode of the season, and it's one of the most explosive, most epic 
episodes of the season in general. Uh, not, I wouldn't say in series as a whole, but the first few years, the early years of Smallville, this is a very, very good episode. Uh, what's memorable about this episode, I would say the ship's explosion in general, and and the not only the way it looks and what happens, uh, but yeah, but what happens uh, because of the ship explosion and how that leads into the third season. That's a memorable uh, moment in the episode. Uh, and also interesting, this is the third episode with Red Kryptonite. This is how he ends it. He's like, Red Kryptonite makes me feel better, so I'm going to wear it and leave town for Metropolis. You guys can all suck it. Bye. And then he leaves. And then that's the, <laughs> that's the end of the season for Smallville Season 2. Now, in case I haven't mentioned it before, you can watch all of Smallville on Hulu currently as of recording. You know how they like to change that crap all the time. It is right now it's on Hulu, and that's how I'm watching it. I do have it all on DVD, though. But Hulu apparently has it in HD, and uh, you can't really buy the first few seasons in HD or Blu-ray or anything like that, so it's really nice to see it in HD again. So that's why I'm watching it on Hulu because the DVD is not as good quality, technically speaking. Um, but the DVD does have some cool special features. So if you're able to find that DVD, try to find it cheap because it can be expensive. Uh, but yeah, it's on Hulu. I'll probably be recording Season 3's podcast next week. I don't know if it's going to be next week or later on this week, as I seem to be watching the show faster than anticipated. But just keep an eye on your podcast feeds, because I'll be back. Uh, But thanks for tuning in to Smaller on the Outside. My name is Dave, and I was the hero with you this evening. Come right along, and uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you like what you listen to. There's lots more where that came from. If you would like to email me any questions, make sure you do that at dave at daveexaminsmovies.com or sotopodcast at gmail.com. Until later, guys, peace out, and have a good week.